You're listening to the Heal Better Fast podcast, dedicated to bridging the gap between alternative healthcare and mainstream medicine in utilizing everything good to help you feel great. We're glad you tuned in. Now here's your host, Dr. Michael Pound. Dr. Danny is a registered dietitian nutritionist with over 20 years of experience, and she has a dream, a dream of touching lives through nutrition and inspiring the path to true wellness. She carves out a legacy of indomitable mind, body, and spirit. See what she has to say about health and wellness and how to heal better fast. All right. So I'd like to welcome Dr. Danny to the show today, and we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about wellness and how to heal better fast. So welcome to the show, Dr. Danny. I'm happy to have you on. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. So I'd like to know a little bit about how you got into what you're doing now and what what led you on this journey. What really inspired you to be where you're at? I had lots of health problems growing up and in my 20s had quite a problem with my immune system. And someone from Australia, I was a naturopath, came to me and started helping me. And within a year, I got much, much better, had more control over my uh, debilitating sort of viral loads and stomach problems and acne and just I was just kind of a little mess there even though I was thin and a dancer and all this other stuff and ate well I also ate a lot of weird food so that's how I got into it I ended up many years ago going to Loma Linda University to get my double master's in public health and clinical nutrition and then eventually uh, started uh, completed the PhD. So my health problems are the ones that led me to study nutrition. Now, I saw you do have a, a bachelor's in, in pre-med. Did you know where you wanted to end up or did, were you just kind of on this path to kind of, of discovery essentially when you're, when you're in school? I loved psychology. I thought I was going to be a psychologist. However, I loved the biological sciences and I also, was also an artist so I was a little confused about which direction to go during when I was 18, 19, 20. But because I got helped by somebody doing nutrition, I ended up focusing more on nutrition instead of the the 12-year journey uh, with medical sciences, especially because I had a hard time with body fluids. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was really, really good with teaching and education and and health promotion. So I figured I'd use my talents in that way. Um, Also with the compassion, if something happens to you and you get better, you have more compassion when you see others struggling because you've experienced it. Hey, I can relate. I was a vet tech for five or six years through, through undergrad and mm. I was actually, you know, pre-med, I was heading that way. I met my wife, she introduced me to chiropractic and I realized that, that you can still help people without getting bitten or scratched or worry about, like you said, <laughs> all those bodily fluids that I just don't deal with on a daily basis in practice. It's great. <laughs> and I still get to help people. That's right. See, we all have our, our, our journey. However, I do have to say that psychology, well, it, it still is pretty fascinating. And even in, in my practice, when you're dealing with people in chronic pain or with any chronic mm-hmm. condition, there's definitely a, a component to it, a psychology component to it. So for you, when, you're, when your clients come to you, what are they typically coming to you with and what problems are they looking to solve? I have a wide range of clients from people that are low income, suffering from diabetes and obesity, to celebrity uh, actors who are trying to making sure that they're not 
able to, that, that they don't gain a bunch of weight because the camera adds 10 pounds. So the, the chronic health problems of diabetes and obesity are, are the bulk of my practice. So I really, really try to work with psychology because a lot of it has to do with what is going on in the person's life. So overall healing and wellness has to do with the whole picture of your life. If someone's going through a lot of trauma or having a lot of problems, talking about a meal plan isn't as effective as trying to help them um, set goals, figure out how to get counseling, uh, work on the issues of whatever's going on. Based on my scope, of course, I'm not a, a police officer or a therapist, but I can certainly do the referrals. And then in conjunction to that, I begin the process of personal goals. But, uh, you know, health is everything. It's your mind. It's your spirit. It's how you handle stress. It's if you sleep, if you drink enough water, if you exercise. And then, of course, there's food and supplements. And chiropractic, I love chiropractic. I go every week because I've had lots of car accidents. Um and so all of that together helps with wellness. It can't just be about food. It has to be everything, including food. Well, one of the wonderful things I have with the Internet is that I can demonstrate to the patient in the office the research. I love Google Scholar or Medline, and I immediately pull up some research studies and show them just the conclusion, obviously, all that it's gobbledygook to most people when they start talking and, and statistical analysis and and it's P.01 and P.05 and they won't make any sense. But if I show them the conclusion statement and the discussion statement, it helps them understand that, oh, you know what? With all my stress, I'm actually affecting my cortisol level or because I'm not sleeping, I may be affecting the amount of calories I can burn or the amount of cortisol I'm producing or I'm eating more because I'm up all night. Uh, so proof of that, including brain scans, are wonderful images on on Google where you could show the brain on sugar and the brain function on to certain drugs or brain function with lack of sleep. And when they see the image, the actual photograph of an MRI or um, a contrast MRI, that really, really, really influences people, including sugar stacks. When you show how many stacks of sugar, how many teaspoons of sugar are in different drinks, when there's a visual, it's magnificent. You really get somebody's attention. So between Google Scholar images and the sugar stacks, I have great effect because people can really feel it and see it. I love that you said that, but do you think that it can be uh, confusing to have too much research? Yes, that's why I go for just the conclusion and one statement. I'm not going to give them 10, and that's a really good point. Um, or, and also, I have to gauge with whom I'm speaking. So if it's somebody, because I do work with low literacy, um, I will do just the images. If somebody has more education, I will say, would you like to see Google Scholar? Would you like to see uh, one of the articles? I usually will say Dr. So-and-so or this particular study in JAMA, Journal of American Medical Association, said blah, blah, blah. So if you have a reference point, that's also comforting to them. Actually, even in my own room, I have very um, black colors, not white and sterile. I don't put the fluorescent lights on. When the patient or clients come to the clinic where I work, 
or my office, it's I've got uh, Moroccan lamps and I've got a big Buddha stature. I have a funny one that's a, a frog Buddha, just to make them laugh. And I have sort of soft colors, water sounds. And then we talk about meditation, breathing. Uh, meditation is quite difficult for most people. And even for me, I need to have a guided meditation. So I use guided meditation um, and I will help a client through referrals of online guided meditations, two minutes, five minutes, anything, even 60 seconds to start first uh, regarding breathing. Um, so, and I explained to them why that's important for brain function communication and immune system. So, and that motivates them too. So if it's not, oh, you have to meditate for an hour on your own, it helps to say you can do 60 seconds of breathing and here is a link to guided meditation and you can pick the ones that you relate to. So I want you to think for a second about a difficult client maybe that you've had or someone who just kind of had that wall up and you weren't able to get through to. What was that situation like and how did you help this patient to uh, or this this prospect to uh, get past the hurdles maybe well, that's a good question, too. Um, sometimes I just go back and say, when you were little, what did you imagine yourself being? And how, and then they can start talking about that. And oh, if I they know, feel, that, that, well, that's, but that's deep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because you forget, you know, we get into the rat race or this whatever horrible thing's going to happen in life or good things or there's just so much happens in life. So if you are able to tap into that childhood dream and the belief system that you have as a kid, which usually is big, it's really, really big, you can tap into the hope of the person. And then one little step, what also helps is to say there are no changes that you have to make now. You can do whatever you want and you can pick one thing and you can pick one second to do something different and you can pick 60 seconds to do something different. And that takes away that pressure of having to change everything at once. Because a lot of people come in and say, oh, you know, I didn't really want to come here. <laughs> My doctor made me come. I I just, you know, I already know this. I blah, blah, blah. And then by the time we're finished, you say, you know what, this is not what I expected. This is better. This is This is not so hard. I think I can do this. And then you must have follow-ups because the follow-up is the cheerleader part of it, just to encourage someone, even on the phone, to say, hey, how's it going? Did you try something new? How can I help you? So, You know, I really like what you said about I've got four boys, and they're all different ages. But when I look at them, especially the younger younger boys, and and the older they get, I see this change. But the, the younger they are, the less inhibition they have, they will go and you can take them to a park or the grocery store and they will talk to anyone, right? No, Mm -hmm, it doesn't matter. They'll just talk to anyone and they'll make friends and they'll want to bring them home. (laughs) And this can all happen in like five (laughs) seconds in the grocery store. But, you know, I I also watch them and see these things happen to them. It could be, uh, you know, discouragement or something not working out the the way they thought it was. And you just kind of see that the, the, the light get dimmer and dimmer and you want to just encourage it and, and help brighten it. But at the same time, like you said, that um, introspect to our inner childhood um, mm-hmm. really probably opens a lot of doors for 
being able to see why we are who we are, right? Yes. Super important to remind ourselves and others about what we believed before the belief was taken by circumstance. All right. So let's go back to your clients. Let's say you have someone come to you who has diabetes. How do you help them with what you do uh, overcome this this problem or um, be able to achieve health or wellness? And how do you know when they have achieved health or wellness? So we use labs also. Um, the hemoglobin A1C, the A1C is a measure of how much sugar got stuck on your red blood cells over a three-month period, about an average two to three months. So they have that number and that number doesn't lie. So that encourages them to see where they are on that pyramid. The higher the blood sugar, the more A1C they form. And then we we set up a goal of, hey, we want that A1C to be below this number, below 7, below 6.5, closer to 5.6. And then I demonstrate, so these are the foods that turn to glucose. And they are always surprised that almost everything turns to glucose, especially other grains. Many people are very, very into a lot of oatmeal and, and fruit smoothies. And they're surprised to see that those sugar, those foods turn to sugar and they may be high glycemic index. And glycemic index is uh, how fast does that um, food digest and turn to sugar in your blood. And you don't want really high glycemic index foods because if you're diabetic, it's going to spike your sugar and you're going to form more A1C. So first we talk about their labs, then the foods that turn to sugar and what they're willing to do. What what are they willing to do and do they feel that they have the ability to make changes? The health belief model, I use a lot of the health belief model and that is a behavioral theory that we use in psychology or in public health to see where is a person and where do we begin with that person? Because if someone doesn't believe that they have a problem, you got to start somewhere else. If someone believes they have a problem, okay, that's one step. But do they believe they can make changes? And on a scale from 1 to 5 or 1 to 10, how likely do you feel, I would ask them, that you can make some changes and what would those changes be? So it's super individualized based on their experience, based on their education, based on their understanding. And then we pick one little change that they're willing to make. And it's usually carbohydrates because carbohydrates that digest quickly, like potatoes and juices and cereals and all that, are the first thing we want to work on to help them. And they have glucose meters. So the glucose meter is really super helpful to do self-monitoring because I'm sure you know this, but self-monitoring always helps with making behavior changes, whether it's counting your steps or counting how many carbs you have or checking your glucose after you eat something, because that is true data. That's a data for yourself and then it helps you make changes. So that's where I start. So I work in a, in a clinic and they see their primary care physician there and they test the glucose from their the actual blood draw, not the finger stick. So the blood draw teaches you the A1C which you really want, if you're diabetic, that means you're 6.5 and up. So they would see that number. If it's way above that, then we want to work on that. But the finger stick, it's the glucose meters. You prick your finger and they would prick their finger after certain meals or in the morning to see how they're doing, especially after eating because they, from there, learn how they're reacting to the foods. And if they see that wow, I checked before eating and it was normal, which is around 100, 
And then I ate this thing, fruit smoothie, and now it's 300. Wow, I can't handle this. In fact, I had one on Friday last week. He says, oh, no, I'm doing well. I, I said, well, let's check your sugar. And the sugar was close to 300. And then he said, oh, yeah, I had a bagel and I had a couple cookies and I put sugar in my coffee. And then he could see because no matter what I said, it was never going to be as effective as when he saw his own finger stick number, the glucose number, be so high. And he immediately said, you know what, I'm not going to do that again. I'm going to see him next week. So let's see what how that works. <laughs> no, I think that's really <laughs> powerful. So when you when you take a look at nutrition, in fact, I think you take like a multidimensional look at nutrition. Uh, what yes. does that mean as far as a multidimensional look? So multidimensional would be the body, mind, spirit, the physiology of everything. So in nutrition, it's what can a person afford? What is their lifestyle? What time are they getting up? How many kids are in the home? What is their lifestyle? So we can adapt the changes to the lifestyle. Some people are really, really having a hard time and they're getting up at five in the morning. They have three kids. They have to drop them off at school. They don't eat. Then they binge. Then they skip a meal. Then they... So multidimensional in terms of nutrition would be to adapt the circumstances of their lifestyle to the food that they actually need, whether it's prepping some almonds, whether it's keeping things that they can digest if they're into dairy, cottage cheese, or hard-boiled eggs. Make sure they have a protein in the morning so they're not binging on sugars and then crashing and then wanting more sugar. So adapting to their lifestyle what they need and making a little chart for them so that it becomes easier and within the budget as well. So I will ask them, do you have any spiritual beliefs? Uh, what do you, are you comfortable with the, the concept of spirituality? Um, have you ever worked with that? So if they say yes, then we talk about meditation. If they're into a specific religion, prayer and meditation within their context, um, because you don't want to just throw on your own views if somebody's completely different. I'm dealing with uh, multi-ethnicities. I've got Pakistani Muslims. I've got Hindi people. I've got um, Buddhists. I've got Christian. I've got Jewish, kosher. So you want to adapt everything. I've got agnostics and atheists, right? So then you go more into breathing and physiology, that, that breathing and centering yourself is good for your brain and brain chemistry, and that works. Um, if you have someone that believes in God or, or a soul or a spirit, we work on that connection within their religious context. So there are so many different ways. You really, I, I, I think that my gravitation towards psychology as a kid, thinking I was going to be a therapist, really was had a purpose because the purpose is to help in health because you really have to adapt everything to each individual person. And that is a psychological model. Yeah, it is. No. And so specifically, let's talk about you and get, um, get personal for a second. What do you do on a daily okay. basis that, uh, you would say is the biggest contributor to your health and wellness that you've made a practice or a habit? I, I must walk and I must do my guided meditation. Now, I notice when I miss the guided meditation, I have much more stress or anxiety or 
hunger. It's not quite the same as when I do. And I'm so grateful for guided meditations. Um, and I must eat well. If I eat sugar, for me personally, because there's diabetes in my family and I don't do well with sugar, I have got to eat high protein, high vegetable and normal amounts of fats, avocados, even some goat cheese for me. And um, I feel much better. But the minute I touch sugars or certain sweets or cereals or anything, I will feel really sick. So paying attention to how I react to foods is important, but I need to exercise because between the not eating right and not exercising, I have a lot of imbalance. I need to do both. And how long do you typically walk for or do you recommend people walk for in general? I think a good half hour is really good, but at the minimum, if you do a 10-minute nice intense thing, even marching in place. I've had to do that at the clinic when I'm just working too many hours. Uh, I just will start marching in place. I bought myself a Fitbit and that really helps because you notice when you don't hit your 5,000 or your 10,000 steps, 10,000 steps would be great. The American Heart Association recommends at least 30 minutes a day with two days a week having intense exercise, like tennis or hiking or a fast bike ride. Now, if somebody's got injuries, then you do chair and seated exercises. You can get that ergometer, the, the pedal, you can put it on the desk, and you can just move your upper body so you adapt it to, to what you need. But definitely something every day because you got to get that heart muscle pumping. So for those people, you know, who maybe can't go outside for three months of the year, what would you what would you recommend for them to to still get their steps in? Well, the ergometer or a stationary bike, if you have space, um, or there's something on on the cable. Um, if you have Hulu or any of those things, there's something called the Daily Burn. It's I think it's 12 to $14 a month. If you want free stuff, there's tons of stuff on YouTube. Pick a YouTube one to at your level and follow along with them 10 to 30 minutes or an hour. There's so many options now with internet. And if you don't have internet, just turn on the radio and start marching and dancing in place. Just move. Any kind of movement that you do will be helpful. I 100% agree. I I really believe in movement. And and one of my goals in practice is try and keep people moving. And they're always asking me, hey, can I not do this? Should I not do this? Can I do this? And I I always go back to trying to keep the person moving, no matter how old, what the injury is, uh, just keep moving. And I believe that's the key to success. It is. I totally agree with you. The people that, I have a 90-year-old uncle he is in such great shape. He can squat better than I can. <laughs> he walks every day. He eats well. He has a good time. And he walks every day. And he's 90. And he's doing great. What would you say <laughs> that most people are lacking on that they need to be doing, that they can start doing today that everyone should be doing? Well, we actually didn't talk about this. You need to breathe. Oh, we that's a good one. are shallow. Yeah, we have shallow breathing, including myself. I have to remind myself. Breathing, water, exercise, and a vegetable. <laughs> I can't do one. <laughs> <laughs> four. There's four. We'll end with four. 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 <laughs> <laughs> All right. So if people want to know more about you or how to get a hold of you, uh, like to connect, how would you s- suggest that people go about finding you? I have a website. It's 
Dr. Danny PhD, D-R-D-A-N-I PhD, and it's also on Instagram um, and Twitter. And Twitter is at Daniela underscore Torsha. But if you just do drdannyphd.com, you can put in your info and we'll send you send you uh, whatever you need. And you got a beautiful website. I'll include a link in the show notes. And I just want to say again, thank you, Dr. Danny, for being on the show today, sharing this information with our listeners, and wish you all the best in your upcoming projects. Thank you so much. You too. Thanks for listening to the Heal Better Fast podcast at www.healbetterfast.com. Oh.